VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. It's always an honor and pleasure to be part of Voice America because Voice America believes that information is power, the Internet is the future, and the future is now, and so do I. That's why I'm here. Positive Living, which has been on the air five years with Voice America, is really about bringing you those practical principles to help you lead the kind of life that you want. I'm very fortunate today to have on a, a very renowned guest, and you can call us at... 866-472-5788. If you're listening live on Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern, 11 to noon Pacific. My guest today is Jack Canfield, who is the founder and co-creator of the New York Times number one best-selling book series, Chicken Soup for the Soul. With more than 55 titles in print and over 80 million copies sold in 39 languages, Jack is a world-renowned expert at warming hearts and changing lives. We're talking today about his newest book and latest book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, which contains 64 powerful principles of success utilized by top achievers from all walks of life. Welcome, Jack Canfield. My pleasure, Patricia. Thank you. And I, what I didn't say is that you were also in the best-selling movie and now book, The Secret. Yes, that's true. It's been yes. quite a phenomenon. Yes, it really has. Um, let's talk, first of all, I mean, there's so much here, but you've sold over 80 million Chicken Soup for the Soul books. That speaks for itself. But the truth is, and this also speaks for the secret, is that kind of success really possible for everyone, or maybe you're just unique or lucky? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm, well, I, you know, you never know how much luck you have in your life, but I believe that people create their own luck. And uh, I grew up in West Virginia where, you know, it was the 48th worst state in terms of education out of the 50 states. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my father made $8,000 a year. That's eight with only three zeros after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I graduated in college from the half of the class that made the top half possible. And the fact is my uh, grade in freshman English composition was a C. So mm-hmm. here I am, a best-selling author, only got a C in writing in college. So I basically say if I can do it, anybody can do it. Mm. And I can remember when I was in um, graduate school in Chicago, I actually decided I wanted to become a school teacher for a while. And I realized later I wanted to be a different kind of teacher. But I was uh, so poor, I was making um, $121 every two weeks uh, at a job I had. And my rent was $79. So my Mm. first paycheck left me with $42 to live on for two weeks. Mm. And I was eating these 21-cent dinners where I would literally just take a can of tomato paste, garlic Mm. salt, some salt and pepper, put that with some water, pour that over an 11 cent bag of spaghetti noodles, and that's what I ate. So, so I what, know what it's like to be poor. What was the aha? When did the aha come? When did the turnaround come for you? Well, you know, it, it, it all started in a laundromat. I was doing my laundry, minding my own business, and another graduate student in economics came over to me and said, put down your book and talk to me. So we started talking, and he invited me to go to this lecture series at a different college called the Living Philosopher Series. And I went to that with him, and there was a man there named Herbert Otto, who was the head of the National Center for Human Potential. And he said that night, we're only using 5% of our brain, 10% of our full potential. 
And I thought, well, if that's really true, I want to learn more about this. So I went up to him, and I said, where can I learn more? He said, well, there's this place in Chicago called the W. Clement and Jesse B. Stone Foundation. Mm -hmm. Turns out W. Clement Stone was the best friend of Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. And long story short, I went to work for this guy a year later, and he taught me the principles of success, which I started teaching school teachers all across the Midwest and teaching self-esteem and creating goals and all of that. And that's when I began to realize, wow, we really are in charge of our life. It's the mm. thoughts we think and the actions we take and the images we hold in our mind that control our future and our destiny. And that was uh, just a wake-up for me. I, you know, fortunate, uh, karmic destiny, who knows, but that was the thing that turned my life around. And, and you, say, you, know, you say that we're 100% responsible for our lives, but don't things happen that are beyond our control, like a cancer or hurricanes or 9-11? Well, I think that cancer is not beyond our control. Whenever I get asked that question, I ask people the following things. I say, you, you say you have cancer and it's not your fault. Then I would ask the following things. Have you only eaten organic food your whole life? Do you use a cell phone? There's research now that shows if you have a cell phone or a Bluetooth up around your ear at hours on end, it actually breaks down the blood-brain barrier and allows toxins to get into the brain, mm. which can cause brain cancer. Have you drunken only purified water? Are you drinking chlorinated, fluoridated water? Or do you cleanse your body at least once a month, take a day off and don't eat anything? Do you exercise regularly? And we could go down a list of 30 or 40 things. Do you keep your pH level high? Research shows that as long as your body has a pH level of 7.5 or above, cancer can't grow in your body. Most of us live a very acid diet. We're eating too much protein. We're eating too much white flour. We're eating too much white sugar. Uh, not enough fruits and vegetables and so the point is, then people go, well, I didn't know that. Well, whose responsibility is it to know how to take care of your life? Most people spend more time maintaining their car and have read the manual about how to keep their car running, but they haven't read the manual about how to you know, keep your life healthy. Now, things like Katrina and 9-11, I believe there's, there are two different categories there. I don't know what creates weather. I mean, I'm not an expert at that. But I've told my friends that if there's ever the big one in California where I live, you know, the big earthquake, the 8 five or above, mm -hmm. that I'll probably not be here. That something in me, will, I, I feel like I'm tuned in through meditation every day to something bigger. We know in the tsunami in Thailand, there was a herd of elephants down by the beach, and right before the tsunami, they all ran for the hills. Now, I interpret that to say something in them said, let's get out of here. And because animals are tuned in, whenever we have a, uh, uh, what do you call that, when the moon goes in front of the sun, mm -hmm. the eclipse, mm -hmm. uh, the birds... Right before that happens, they all stop chirping. The dogs all stop barking. Mm. They know something's happening energetically. They can feel it. They're not out of touch with themselves. Mm. But we've so numbed ourselves out with alcohol, workaholism, too much TV, we're not taking time to go inward, that we actually miss the intuitive impulses and signals that we get from our own body. Mm. So basically, I think that you know there's a good chance that I won't be part of that as well. As far as 9-11 goes, I think that, you know, as much as that was a tragic event, and I have friends that uh, have husbands that died in that building that day, um, and, you know, you don't ever want to blame anyone for anything that's that horrific. But I do think our culture as a whole has to take some responsibility for the fact that we represent 10% of the world's population in America, yet we've used over 54% of the world's resources. And at some point, people are going to get a little upset about that. The fact that we do not really fully respect the Muslim religion and the fact that we've tried to export our American culture, which they find abusive and offensive in terms of the sex on television, the violence and so forth. Mm -hmm. That's not the only reason it happened, but I think we have to look and say, 
is there something that we could have done differently that might have averted that from happening? And I think that there's a big group of people that are dispossessed in the world that we pretend we don't have anything to do with. So I don't think we're total victims, but I, I wouldn't go too far into that arena because, you know, it's a hard mm-hmm. one for people to hear. How would you tie the principles of the secret into what you just said? Well, basically, you know, the, the secret says you get what you attend to, what you think about, and what you focus on. Unfortunately, that includes the things you're against. So if we have a program that says I'm anti-drugs or I'm anti-terrorism, you know, we have an anti-terrorism task force, we have Homeland Security, we have, you know, we're at a level four orange, you know, alert almost every day of the year when there's really no, probably no threat that day. But I believe that our government has basically said if we can keep people afraid, then they'll, you know, allow us to take away some of their powers. We've seen the amazing amount of power that the American government has managed to take away, especially the office of the presidency. And so basically we've got a whole country that's focused on fear. In other words, the people that come to America from Europe and from other cultures, and I have quite a few visitors that visit me and stay in our home because we travel a lot internationally, they say, this country is afraid. You know, when I was in India and I met with a woman named Karen Beatty who was the warden of the uh, prison in Delhi, she said, I visited American prisoner, prisons, and I, I realized something that's not true in India. You are afraid of your prisoners. You have them all locked up and behind bars, and you're afraid of them, and you know, you walk in there, and everyone's mm-hmm. carrying machine guns and so forth. She said, in India, we're not afraid of our prisoners. You know, they're all free. They walk around freely throughout mm. the whole area. And, and you know, we're afraid of our teenagers in America. So whatever you're afraid of, you focus on, and you, you get more of it. So what, what is our news constantly? All the bad things that are happening in the world. When I was on Larry King, the producer said, the reason they had four of us or five of us from the secret on, they said, we realize what we're doing every day is pointing out what's not working in the world. Mm-hmm. And now what we do is we watch that and we focus on it and we create more of it. Mm-hmm. So the secret says, basically, what you want, you've got to focus on. And what we're focusing on is, you know, and you see this in relationships. I counsel a lot of people. Recently I had a woman who was a client in one of my seminars and I said, so what is it you want in a boyfriend? She said, no, I know what I want. Tell me how to get it. Tell me how to use the secret. So, well, just humor me for a minute. Tell me what you want. She said, well, I don't want a guy who smokes. I don't want a guy who watches TV all weekend. I don't want a guy who's only into sports. I don't want a yeah. guy who's abusive. You know, she gave me like 11 I don't want. And, you know, she's had five of those guys in a row because that's what she thinks about when she thinks about a man. And you, you attract what you think about even if you're hoping, I hope that doesn't happen to me. Even Rhonda Byrne, who's the producer of the yes. secret movie, okay. we were on uh, CNN, uh, one of the, the evening news shows on a Sunday night. I think it's called CNN Newsroom. And uh, we're in the green room, and she said, I hope he doesn't ask me this question. And, and we went did. out, and the first question he asked was the <laughs> question she hoped he wouldn't ask. And I said, Rhonda, you teach this stuff. You should know better. And she said, you're right. I have to stop doing that. And... Um, you know, but we're, you know, this is kind of new to a lot of people, and mm-hmm. so we're constantly finding little nuances of ways that we're still kind of caught in the old paradigm. Oh, this is fabulous. Jack, we're going to take a break, but tell people how they can get a hold of you and about your website and your seminars. They can go to www.jackcanfield, that's C-A-N-F-I-E-L-D, and as in Nelly, F-I-E-L-D, dot com. And everything is listed on there, your books, your products. My books, my seminars, our uh, coaching programs, all that. And if they'd rather call, they can just call uh, the number 1-800, the number 2, and then type out the word esteem, E-S-T-E-E-M, 1-800-2-ESTEEM. 
Okay. All right. My guest today is the renowned Jack Canfield. We're talking today about his book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Jack Canfield is founder and co-creator of the New York Times' number one best-selling book series, Chicken Soup for the Soul. He's appeared on over 200 television shows, including Oprah 2020, Larry King, CBS Evening News, and the list goes on and on. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the success principles, how you can get from where you are to where you want to be. You can call us at 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com Hi everyone, we are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Having a fabulous guest today, world-renowned. We'd love to hear from you, 866-472-5788. We're on Voice America on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11, 11 a.m. Pacific, and all these programs are archived 
on my site and on the Voice America site. My site is RaskinResources.com. My guest today is Jack Canfield, who is world-renowned. He is co-founder and co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul, with more than 55,000 print and over 80 million copies sold in 39 languages. Uh, he has appeared on... Every major talk show, Oprah 2020, The Today, most recently on Larry King Live, talking about the movie The Secret, which he was in. And today we're talking about his book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. Welcome back, Jack. Thank you. Okay. Uh, in your book, you quote Jim Rowan, who says that we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Does that mean we should hang out with just successful people? Talk about that. Well, basically, uh, what Jim's saying, and I agree with him, is you become like the people you hang out with. I mean, otherwise, we wouldn't tell our children, I don't want you hanging out with those kids, because we use the word, they're a bad influence. And so, you know, I always tell people, look at your closest five friends that you spend the most time with. That's a mirror to you of the level of consciousness and success that you're actualizing. If all your friends are negative and blame the culture and the president and China and the economy and the weather for all the bad things that happened to them, that's probably what you're doing as well. So you want to be really clearly that your, you know, your friends are having an impact and that they are a mirror of your uh, level of consciousness. So, so if your life is changing, then are your friends changing, do you think? Yeah. I, you know, it's totally funny. My wife and I were talking just a few days ago, and she was saying how much that she notices that some of the people she used to love hanging out with kind of bore her or bother her right now. And the reality is that she's been growing at a very rapid rate. You know, we meditate every day and we go to a lot of retreats and we work on ourselves. And I created this organization called the Transformational Leadership Council that has about 100 people in it, people like John Gray who wrote Men Are From Mars with mm -hmm. Venus. And basically when we get together at these events, uh, you know, she gets the benefit of all these people that are teachers like myself. So a lot of her friends who are not going to workshops or not working on themselves are negative, they're always criticizing, they're in judgment of everybody, they're gossiping all the time. And so you don't have that same level of, you know, high conversation. And so they, the friends, occasionally, they'll, they'll start to drop away. What I say to people is if you want to be a millionaire, you've got to start hanging out with people that either are millionaires or are in the process of becoming millionaires. If you want to be more spiritual, then you need to hang out with people, you know, that are more spiritual. If you want to be healthy, join a mm -hmm. health club. So, I mean, the, the reality is that we are impacted by the words and the actions and the behaviors of the people we spend the most time with. Now, does that mean that you give up all your old friends? I never say you have to drop anybody. It's more like add new people on. The old people will fall away if they're supposed to. Mm. So, really and truly, uh, birds of a feather flock together, in a sense. It's true. If you go back to the secret, it says, like energy attracts like energy. So if you look at the rich people, they're all hanging out at the country club or someplace like that. The poor people are all hanging out in Santa Barbara on Lower State Street. And so the reality is, you know, when I go to Hawaii, for example, we'll see, I can tell who people are by the kind of shirts they wear. The Tommy Bahama shirt people, usually the very hip young people, you know, kind of upward mobile type A's. The old polo shirts are the more old money people, more casual, more relaxed. You know, they're golfers. The people that wear the shirts that say, drinking problem? I don't have a drinking problem. I get drunk, I fall down, I get up again. No problem. They all hang out together. The people with the, you know, the motorcycle shirts on. So the idea is we feel comfortable around people who are vibrating at the same level we are. The problem is that keeps you stuck at the level you're at. Now, if you're happy where you are, fine. But if you want to be wealthier or you want to be more conscious or you want to be you know, healthier or whatever, 
you have to then put yourself into a group that's above you, and that's going to feel uncomfortable at first. You're going to feel like you're out of place. We've all had the experience of, of being in a place like Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills or Fifth Avenue in New York and walking into a store where the suits start at $2,000, like Armani or something, right. and all of a sudden we feel like we're out of our league. We shouldn't be in there. And I tell people, try on the suit anyway. Go mm-hmm. into the really expensive um, restaurants. Just go sit at the bar and have a drink. Go into the really fancy hotels. Walk through the lobby. You know, drive, test drive a Mercedes. Don't let anyone do it. Why not? start getting comfortable with the yeah. level of, of, of wealth and abundance that you want rather than feeling uncomfortable because the more you go there and, you know, you visit the Mercedes dealership every three months, you'll start to feel comfortable there. And after a while, you'll start attracting the things in your life that allow you to have a Mercedes. Right. So you have to, you have to acclimate yourself to that in a sense. Exactly. And it when will you're practicing. Feel, sure. It will feel, you know, think of anybody the first time you learn to drive a car. I mean, I forgot to hit the clutch when they hit the brake and the car stalled out and all that. First time I ever kissed a girl when I was in high school. First time I ever gave a speech. First time I ever bought a really expensive suit. I mean, I walked out of the store, I was almost shaking. Like, God, did I really do that? And then, you know, now it's the only kind of suits I I wear. But you have to go through that discomfort uh, zone to get out of what you're currently comfortable with to establish a new comfort zone at a higher level. You know, this book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, has many stories of successful people. Mm-hmm. Now, you wrote another book that I had interviewed you about called You've Got to Read This Book. Right. And that's also about successful people. Yes. Well, what we did there, we really wanted to interview people and say, was there one book that changed your life? And I'll give you a good example that kind of relates to The Success Principles and also to that book. We interviewed Lou Holtz, who had been the coach of Notre Dame football team and one of the most winningest coaches I think he won like seven nine super nine uh, bowl games three or four national titles amazing guy and when he was um, 23 four, five, he was an assistant coach down in uh, South Carolina or North Carolina and he lost his job because the head coach got fired and you know the new coach that came in brought all his own assistant coaches and his wife brought him a book home it said The Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz Mm-hmm. And it said, what you do is you make a list of all the goals you want to achieve before you die. Now, I can tell you, when I go out and do seminars, I'll ask people, how many of you have made a list of everything you want to achieve before you die? Maybe five hands out of 500 go up. And so what Mark and I teach, you know, Mark Victor Hansen, my Chicken Soup for the Soul co-author, is that you should set 101 goals minimum for your life. And um, so this was the same thing that David Schwartz was teaching. So Lou Holtz sits down. Spends the whole morning, because he's out of work, his wife's off working as a radiologist, and he writes 107 goals that he wants to achieve in his life, including land a plane on an aircraft carrier, have dinner at the White House, meet the Pope, win a national football championship, and so forth. And his wife comes home, and she says to him, Lou, did you read the book? He says, yeah, and I made a list of goals. They're really cool. I want you to read it. So she read it. She said, Lou, you need to add another goal. He said, what's that? She said, find a job. <laughs> so he added that. Now he had 108. Now I talked to Lou when I interviewed him for this book, and he said he had achieved 102 of his 108 goals. Mm. And he said that list of goals always gave him a direction in his life. You know, he appeared on the Johnny Carson show, which was on his list. He met with the president. He met the Pope, and on and on. So I ask everybody. I say, you know, if you don't have goals, it's like a ship without a destination. You know, you're just roaming around at sea. You have to have a port that you're headed toward. Mm. And so once you have goals, it gives your life meaning and purpose and direction, and it gives you a sense of willingness to sustain through the difficult times. Do you 
give us a story from your principles, Jack, um, in terms of these are people that you interviewed, right, that will help us get from where we are to where we want to be. There are several stories in here. Well, Tell us one you know, of them. One of my favorite stories is the story about Laura Schultz, because we, we talked about the importance of having goals. And you have to believe it's possible, and that's what the secret's really all about, is getting into a positive expectation. And then my uh, fifth chapter in the book is called Believe in Yourself. And uh, it, there's a story about Laura Schultz, who was a woman that a friend of mine, Charles Garfield, who studies peak performers, read about in the National Enquirer of all places. He was in a supermarket, and it was the headline story. It was something like 65-year-old woman lifts up car. And um, so he thought that was a peak performance. So he called her up to see if he could interview her for his next book. And she said, I don't do interviews, and she hung up on him. Mm. Well, he happened to be down in Gainesville, Florida, where she lived uh, a couple months later. He was at the university there. And uh, so he just drove over to her house on a Sunday morning and just knocked on her door. And he explained who she was. She said, well, Sonny, I told you I don't do interviews. She said, but if you came all the way down to Florida to talk to me, at least come in and have breakfast. So he went inside, and he asked her the question, why don't you talk about it? Why don't you want to talk about it? She called it the event. She said, I don't talk about the event. And he said, why not? She said, well, you know, at my age, I'm 65. She said, if you do something you didn't think you could do, then you have to ask yourself the question, what else in my life didn't I think I could do that if I had thought I could, I would have done? And she said, at my age, the only conclusion you can come to is you've wasted your life. Mm-hmm. And he, she said, I don't really like to think about it that much because I don't like thinking about the fact that I may have wasted my whole life not doing the things I wanted to. He said, well, what is it you wanted to do? She said, well, I wanted to go to college, but I was the uh, youngest of seven children, and I had six brothers, and my dad said boys go to college because they need to, you know, get really good jobs and raise their families and pay for their wives and kids and all that, and so I didn't get to go. He said, well, what would you have studied? She said, geology. I always loved rocks. He said, well, why don't you go back to college now? And she said, well, I'm too old. He said, what do you mean? She said, well, in, in four years, I'd be like, 50, I'd be like almost 60. I'd be 70. I'd be 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, I got some bad news for you. And she said, what's that? He said, five years from now, you're going to be 70 years old anyway, whether you go back to college or not. <laughs> and she kind of got the message. And he told me about five years later, he called her, and she had graduated, and she was Isn't now teaching something? geology at a community college wow. in uh, Gainesville, Florida. Wow. Hmm. You know, on the subject of work mm-hmm. and on the subject of people making their dreams happen, you say that people can double their income and double their time off. Now, we, I can see that for an entrepreneur, but what if I'm an employee with a 9-to-5 job? Well, basically, I find two things happen. Most people that are employed with 9-to-5 jobs also work all day long on the weekends, you know, fixing up their home and doing all the right. things you have to do to run around and pick up the laundry right. and all that. So one of the things to begin looking at is, first of all, do you want to be in a 9-to-5 job? Uh, you know, we always define job as J-O-B, just over broke. Nobody gets rich in a job. <laughs> and so basically, if you're happy in your job, you know, great, great. We're only talking about people who want more. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is, if you want more and you don't know how to get it, then I'm the guy to go to as long as, you know, there's other people as well. But the point being that if you're really, really happy, just keep doing what you're doing. But if there's something you want more of, whether it's better relationships or better health or more fun or whatever, then the reality is, you have to do something different because what you're currently doing won't produce the more or the more would have already showed up. Mm. So basically, I find most people, I think the statistics show something in the range of 65 to 80%, depending on which study you look at, people will tell you they don't like their job. 
and yet they stay in that job year after year, spending anywhere from 8 to 10 hours a day, which is more than a third of their life, in a job they hate. And so if you want to get rich, for example, most people don't get rich in a job. You know, it's entrepreneurs, people that own the local, you know, dry cleaners, etc. Those are the people that get rich. And so at some point you have to, like, take that risk and step out into the world. A good half step for a lot of people is get involved with a network marketing company because you mm-hmm. can keep your own job. You can start to develop this other thing and do it on your free time. Right. And if you eventually make enough money doing that, you can shift over uh, to the other job. So a transition. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest today is the renowned Jack Canfield, who is the founder and co-creator of the New York Times' number one best-selling book series, Chicken Soup for the Soul. He's also in the best-selling movie, The Secret, which is now a best-selling book. And we are talking today about his book, The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And when we come back, he can certainly take your questions. He'd be happy to. So do give us a call. You can also log on to his website at jackcanfield, C-A-N-F-I-E-L-D.com. We're at uh, 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women and Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. VoiceAmerica.com Never 
and we are back. You were listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Very honored today to have on a really world-renowned guest. You can call us at 866-472-5788 if you are listening on March 19th, Monday, from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 to 12 noon Pacific. My guest is Jack Canfield. He is the founder and co-creator of the New York Times number one best-selling book series, Chicken Soup for the Soul. He has appeared on every major talk show, most recently Larry King Live, with the movie The Secret, which he is in, which is taking the country by storm and is a best-selling book. And he's also the author of The Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. And he's also author of, a, of several books, but one that I interviewed him on is You've Got to Read This Book, which is a fascinating, fascinating and inspiring collection of people who talk about what books inspire them. Welcome back, Jack. All right, so in this book, Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be, um, pick a couple of principles that we really need to know about. You can't give us all 64 at once. <laughs> no, I can't. It takes a, it, I, you know, I think it takes a year to master these principles. And yeah. what I teach most people is if you read a chapter a week and then apply that to your life, at the end of a year and a few weeks, you'll have done all 64. Mm. Um, and there are people like in church groups that are actually studying this, like you know, like almost like a Bible of success. Mm. So I, I encourage people to really, it's, it, it's really a, a one-stop shopping textbook for success in your life. And the sad thing is we can go to school and never once be taught how to set a goal, never be taught about visualization, etc. So the basic model that underlies the whole book is you've got to take 100% responsibility for your life, Decide what you want. We talked about goal setting. Believe you can do it. We talked about that. And then you've got to go and you've got to take action. And there's two kind of actions you can take. There's actions out in the world and there's actions internally. So let's talk about internally first. And one of the most powerful tools that people don't understand or use is the power of visualization. What I teach is that for every goal you have, you need to spend a few minutes a day taking time to visualize all of your goals as complete. So, like, I, I set 21 goals a year, three for seven areas of my life, which include finance and health and fitness and recreation and fun, relationships and so forth. And so I have 21 flashcards, you know, with my goals on them, three-by-five cards, and I write mm-hmm. my goal on it. And I look at the goal, I close my eyes, and for about 15, 30 seconds, I visualize what it would look like if I already had that dream car or that dream vacation or we'd sold X million copies of my book, or whatever it might be. Mm. And then this is the key, and this is where most people fall down. You have to feel the feelings that you would feel if you already had that. Mm-hmm. What that does is, is, is it sends out a wave into the universe of emotion. And if you watch The Secret, you know that you see these waves that are animated in the movie that go out from this guy's brain. But literally, that's what's happening. And so it, it, it activates the universe to support you, and it also programs your own subconscious to start taking the actions, changing the beliefs that would be necessary to, to achieve this goal. And this is the coolest part of all. Right now, you and your listeners are not thinking about your right foot. But as soon as I say right foot, you can feel what's going on in your right foot. Mm-hmm. But until I said that, you were filtering that out. It was coming up your leg into your brain, and the brain was filtering it out, saying not important. Just like you might be getting 30 phone calls, and you're only going to take one of them. So what happens is... When you start visualizing your goals, you actually program this part of your brain that filters things out called the reticular activating system to let in anything that would help you achieve your goals. So, for example, when I set a goal to make $100,000 in one year, this was when I was a school teacher making $8,000 a year in Chicago, 
I did not have a clue about how to do that. But I started visualizing having a $100,000 lifestyle. And as a result of that, about 30 days later, I was in the shower, and I had my first $100,000 idea. I actually have a book out that I wrote in 1976 called 100 Ways to Enhance Self-Concept in the Classroom. And every time that book got sold back then, I got 25 cents. It occurred to me, if I could figure out how to sell 400,000 copies of that book in one mm-hmm. year, that would earn me a $100,000 income. Now, up until then, my royalty checks were about $2,000 a year, so big difference. Well, over time, I started seeing things that were always in my environment, like the Reader's Digest. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I said, wow, it says 8 million readers. If I, 8 million readers saw about my book, certainly 400,000 would buy it. So I called up the Reader's Digest to see if, what an ad would cost. Well, it was, way, it was more than $100,000 for one ad. So I said, that's not going to work. But anyway, I started seeing things over and over and over and over, and eventually one of the things I saw was if I started my own bookstore, which would be a mail-order bookstore, today it would be an online bookstore, I could sell the book and make $3 profit, which was the retail markup. Now I only had to sell 33000 Long story short, we started that bookstore. By the end of the year, we'd added 32 more products. We made $92,238. So missed our goal by a little over $7,000, but no one was complaining. We 12 times our income in one year. Mm. So you made that happen. And the visualization. Now, there's a difference, though, between just visualization, seeing it, and imaging it the way you described from The Secret. Yes, basically you have to close your eyes see it. Now, a lot of people say, I don't see things when I close my eyes. You don't have to. What you have to do is vividly think it. Only about 12% of people actually vividly see color images when they close their eyes, like a movie. These are the people that write scripts for television and decorate our houses and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're visually dominant. Most of us are kinesthetic or we're uh, auditory. And so, basically, what happens is the rest of us just kind of think it. If I were to ask you, someone, let's say someone that can't visualize something, if I can't visualize anything, I'll say, imagine your car. Imagine you open up your glove compartment and there's something in there you've never seen before. What is it? They go, oh, it's a gun or it's an apple. Now, how did they know that? Well, they said, I just kind of, I didn't really see it. I kind of thought it, but I did kind of see it, but it wasn't really vivid. I said, that's visualization. That works. And so if you'll just every day close your eyes and see your life the way you want it to be, as opposed to always talking about it the way it is, which we call complaining. Mm-hmm. And what happens, mm-hmm. you start programming your unconscious to produce and to visualize and I mean, to, uh, to notice things in the environment that can help you. And Law of Attraction says you attract people, resources, ideas, and strategies toward you. And here's the key that most people miss when they watch The Secret, is mm-hmm. that you have to then act on those things. So if someone comes to you and says, hey, i got a great opportunity, you go, wow, I'd love to be part of that, but then you don't invest in it. Or someone says, uh, you know, why don't you go to this movie with me, but you don't go, and you had this intuitive impulse, it might be a good thing, but nah, I don't want to, it's too much effort. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you went to that movie, you would have met the woman of your dreams and got married. Mm-hmm. Or you might have met a business partner for, you know, when they went for coffee afterwards. So you always have to follow your intuitive impulses, and that's what most people don't do. They talk themselves out of it because yeah. rationally they don't make sense. My question, it goes back to something we talked about before about, uh, you know, people feeling, you know, what things are beyond our control and what things are our responsibility. You know, if you are, if the theory is that by imaging and visualizing you can make it so, what happens then when things don't work? People start blaming themselves or they think their diseases are their fault. How do you address that with the self-blame issue? Well, you know, I never want to blame anyone for anything, but I'm, the more I study the secret and the law of attraction over the last 
you know, 30 years, and more recently I've been really delving into it because of the success of The Secret and so forth, and all the books that are coming out now and the people I've been interacting with, I'm really coming to believe we attract everything in our life, including mm-hmm. our diseases, which is always a bummer when people, you know, you don't want people to feel guilty on top of feeling sick. But if you take the position that I am the person who created my disease, and the problem is most people don't realize that usually it's their thoughts, their unprocessed feelings, their resentments that they haven't let go of, the forgivenesses they haven't gone. Right now I'm working with a doctor. He's a chiropractor, but he never really adjusts you like old chiropractors do. Mm -hmm. You go in and he says, what are you feeling in your body? How do you feel toward that thing you're feeling, like the pain in your neck or whatever? Go back to the earliest time you can remember feeling that before six years old. And I'm feeling like, uh, resigned, I'm always going to have this. And all of a sudden I'm back when I'm six and I'm in detention at school and I'm feeling resigned and I'm never going to get out of this. And then he said, what lesson did you need to learn that you didn't learn? Or what forgiveness did you need to give that you didn't give? And all of a sudden I forgive the teacher or I realize that maybe, you know, I needed to just show up in present time and not be always in the future or whatever. And realize then that that was the lesson and do a little breathing exercise he has me do, and the next day the pain's gone. Mm-hmm. And all we did was release a negative thought or a negative experience. And that's the thing I think most people don't realize is we're carrying around hundreds of, of what I'm going to call unfinished experiences where we're still carrying resentment, yeah. fear, anger. And, and, you know, if you look at the work of Louise Hay, yes. she talks about literally you can locate in the body. I have a friend who's a brilliant guy. I think he was a 12th-ranked genius at IBM who discovered that based on a certain series of questions, he could tell you if you ever got cancer, what kind of cancer you'd get and where it would show up in your body mm. based on how you dealt with letting go of resentments or living in the future instead of the present. And these are things that you really have to study. They're subtle. But if you don't study them, you become the victim of them. Mm. Well, that's pretty powerful. It really uh, is. Yeah, I had a, a colleague recently who said, look, she said, you know, I had breast cancer. I have a great family, a great husband. I've checked out everything, and I'm really fine. It's my genetics. My mother had it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought about that. And she said, you know, I started to feel guilty, but I don't, it, there's, nothing, there's nothing in my life that would predispose this. So it's genetics. Well, if you believe it's genetics, you can, but there's a wonderful book out right now called The Biology of Belief, and it's written by a guy who was a doctor, and he began to study belief systems, and he believes now from his studies that you can actually change your DNA with your beliefs. Now, mm. that's a pretty radical statement. And who is this? What's his name? Um, I'm going to have to get that for you. I'm, I'm, it's a, the book's in my bookshelf on the far end of the room, but I'd have to put down the phone to go get it. It sounds like a wonderful but book. But if you go on, you know, any of your listeners can go on Amazon.com and just type in the biology of belief. Mm. Mm. So it's all about that you can change your DNA by your belief. Exactly. That, that our belief systems actually are, are part of what holds our DNA in place mm. and that, uh, that literally you can overcome. See, if you believe... I mean, Elvis Presley, look, at he died, like, you know, as soon as his mother, the same age, uh, he died that same year. He thought he was going to, and he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I'm going to live way longer than my mother. My mother lived mm-hmm. way longer than her mother. Yeah. And uh, there's no reason to believe we can't do that. I mean, I've set my goal to live to be 120 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to treat your body in a very good way to do that. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the research shows that mammals should be able to live six to seven times the maturation rate, and the maturation rate of a human being is about 21 years old. So six times that is 126 years old. And we have, we have records of people 
the Hunzas living over in Tibet. Yes. There's people in Azerbaijan and people mm-hmm. living in Peru and Colombia who we know from, uh, there's actually carbon dating you can do on a human body now, that they are over 120 years old. Mm-hmm. So if they can do it, why can't you and I do it? All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Jack Canfield. We're talking about his book. He's the renowned co-founder and co-creator of the New York Times number one best-selling book, series chicken soup for the soul he is featured in the dvd the secret he's the author of many books we're talking about his book success principles how to get from where you are to where you want to be still time to call in 866-472-4788-5788 you're listening to positive living i'm patricia raskin stay tuned we'll be right back From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. West Coast Business Review and host Andy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific time on VoiceAmericaRadio.com. Visit our website at www.WestCoastBusinessReview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products, get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Living the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. A very renowned guest on today. There's still time to call in, 866-472-5788. My guest is Jack Canfield. He is the founder and co-creator of the New York Times' number one best-selling book, Chicken Soup, Chicken Soup for the Souls. And Chicken Soup for the Soul, and there's a whole series of these books. He is also featured in the new DVD, The Secret, and he has written, You've Got to Read This Book, as well as many others. And today we're talking about his book, Success Principles, How to Get from Where You Are to Where You Want to Be. 
Welcome back, Jack. Thank you. All right, one of the things you talk about in your success principles is the importance of getting internal and external feedback. Talk about that. Well, basically, everything we do creates feedback. You know, if we say something to our wife, you know, she might give us a dirty look or smile or whatever. So whatever happens, we're getting feedback. Unfortunately, most people tune out feedback. In other words, if we're getting feedback internally, which would be our body, our feelings. So if I'm going to job every day, I come home wiped out, tired, miserable, angry, versus someone who comes home from their job feeling great, energized, excited, can't wait to get back tomorrow because it's so much fun, that's internal feedback. And I say internal feedback either telling you you're on course or off course. When you're doing things and you end up feeling bad, that's telling you that whatever you're doing is creating the bad feeling. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that would require making a change in your life, which most people don't want to do because it's challenging and difficult and all that. So what most people do is they numb out the feedback. They'll drink alcohol. They don't feel so bad anymore. Or they'll watch TV for five hours. They don't feel so bad anymore. Or they'll work or play computer games or whatever. So the point is that we're ignoring the feedback. That's like saying, I have a headache, so what I'm going to do is like having a fire alarm go off in your house, so you go over and you just snip the wire so the alarm stops going. Now it doesn't bother you anymore. So when you take an aspirin to get rid of a headache, you're basically saying, my body's giving me feedback about something I'm doing that's off. I'm either eating something I shouldn't, or I'm doing something I shouldn't, or I'm experiencing something I don't want. But I don't want to feel that feeling, so I'll numb it out with a painkiller or alcohol or something like that, rather than saying, what is it that I'm doing, thinking, eating, etc., that I need to change? Now, that's internal feedback. External feedback would be things like how much money you're making, how many friends you have, who invites you to parties, whether or not you know, you're on the A list or the B list of invitations, etc. So what I teach people, if you want to get better at anything, your relationship, your business, ask the people that you're interacting with a, a, a very simple question. I'd have people write this down. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the quality of, and then you fill in the blank, my service, this seminar, our interview today, me as a husband, me as a manager, me as an employee, me as a vendor, our product, whatever. So anything less than a 10 gets a follow-up question. What would it take to make it a 10? Now, if I ask my wife that and she says 7, and I say, what would it take to make it a 10, and I did this, we do it every Friday night. A couple weeks ago she said, don't interrupt me when I'm telling a joke because you think you can tell the punchline mm -hmm. better. I want you to put the kids to bed. We still have a 12 and a 16-year-old at home. Uh, to uh, without me telling you that's your job, I don't want to have to interrupt you. I don't care if it's March Madness and the foot base, you know, basketball mm -hmm. teams are on. And she said, and secondly, thirdly, if you're going to be late from work, tell me. I don't want to worry about you. Call me. Mm -hmm. Now these are three things I can do to improve the quality of our relationship. Mm -hmm. I didn't know those things. But now, now why I, do you think we're not saying them? Because we're we're afraid of the answers. We're afraid of well, we don't ask the question because we're afraid of the answer. Right. And people don't just offer this the feedback because they're afraid of our reaction. Mm -hmm. and, and they're afraid we'll get angry or we'll defend ourselves. And most people do. You know, I could give someone feedback and they go, well, you don't understand, blah, 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 and they get real mad at us for telling us that. You go, well, why should I bother telling them? It's no fun. I always, when people give me feedback, I mean, I got feedback just two days ago. I was doing one of those learning annex things with Donald Trump and Tony Robbins and all these people. And mm -hmm. I was a keynote speaker up in San Francisco, and this woman came up afterwards and said, you know, a couple of years ago you did a, a signing up here to church, and I brought my friend and you kind of ignored her, and it really hurt her. Now, I don't remember doing that, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I probably did. And so I said, I'm really sorry. I apologize. I hope you'll tell your friend that's not who I think I am, and that's not the way I want to be treated. In fact, I'd like to offer you a free book for you and your friend uh, in exchange Aww. for the, the, the feedback. And I want to thank you for caring enough to come up and risk sharing that with me. Now, 
that she 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 was blown away by my reaction, and I was thankful for the feedback because the next time I'm signing books, I'm going to be more aware of how I'm treating people. Isn't that wonderful? Wow. We could go on forever. We're just about at the close. Jack, what do you want to leave our listeners with? If they get one thing today out of all the amazing success principles you talked about, what do you want them to get? Well, I would say, look, anything you want to do, you can. Find out who's already done it. Study what they've done. They probably have a book, a seminar. They'll be willing to mentor you if there's someone in your business. But they won't do it unless you ask. If you want your life to get better, you have to devote a portion of your day to improving your life. That means reading taking seminars, listening to audio CDs in your car, whatever it might be, and then do the actions that are suggested. Try them on. See if they work. If they work, continue. If they don't, don't. And then persevere. I think the biggest problem for most people is they start, but they don't continue. and They don't mm-hmm. finish. And, you know, our book, The Chicken Soup or the Soul Book, as I'm sure you know, was rejected by 144 people. Mm-hmm. You know, 144 publishers turned us down. But I was just on a TV show, the Montel Williams Show, with a woman who said, if you'd stopped, at 142 rejections, I'd be dead today. Because it was reading your book that made me decide wow. not to kill myself. Wow. And I say that everybody, all your dreams are God's way of telling you what the world needs from you in mm. order for the world to work. Mm. If everyone would follow their dreams and do what they do, then they would make a contribution to the world mm. that would serve everybody and their life would become magical. Mm. I guess the only thing I can say is wow and, and thank you. You're welcome. Really, really profound and fabulous and, and, and fun, too. I mean, you make it fun. <laughs> well, thank you. I always say if it's not fun, I don't want to play. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, stay on the line if you can for a minute, Jack. Sure. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. My guest today is Jack Canfield. You can log on to jackcanfield.com. He is world-renowned. He's been on all the major talk shows. He's part of the movie The Secret. We're talking about his book, The Success Principles. And he is co-creator and co and founder of the New York Times' number one best-selling book series, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, next week, my guests are Haiti and Yumi Schleifer uh, of Schleifer & Associates. They specialize in couples workshops and training programs for relationships. And they really, they really excel in interpersonal skills. And they work with the Mago Relationship Therapy. And basically, they're going to talk about how we can build lasting and productive relationships in our personal and professional life. And they have done wonderful partner workshops. I've taken them, and they're terrific. Okay, folks, just want to say, as I always do, stay healthy, stay happy. Know you can make your dreams come true. Find the support you need in your life. And thank you for allowing me to be with you each week and bring you all these renowned guests for Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a great day. been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's new book, Pathfinding, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to RaskinResources.com and tune in next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on VoiceAmerica.com.